Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast, Conversations About Impact, where entrepreneurs and leaders share how they have impact, the sweet moments, and the challenges. I'm your host, Ursula York. I help entrepreneurs grow successful businesses that make a difference in the world. Impact is more than mission, more than purpose, even more than your why. Impact is where your unique self and business meet the world and contribute to making it better for all of us. These stories are here to inspire and energize you so you can have your own unique impact. Today's guests on the podcast are Sarah Fraser and Michael Kraft. Sarah is the sustainability specialist at 100% employee-owned New Belgium Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina. Sarah is part of a sustainability team that supports the company's environmental stewardship programs and engages Asheville co-workers in making progress toward the company's ambitious energy, water, emissions, and waste reduction goals. Michael has been an employee owner at New Belgium Brewing for more than 17 years. He has had the unique experience of working in most of the departments at New Belgium and is currently Asheville's Community and Communications Ambassador. In addition to pontificating about the wonderful world of New Belgium, he does his best to celebrate man's two greatest inventions, bicycles and beer. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah and Michael. I'm delighted to have you both here. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So I was so taken by New Belgium uh, New Belgium and your sustainability practices, and uh, I've, I've been on a tour and I, I saw more when I was there recently and when Sarah and I had a conversation. So I'd love to hear more about uh, what you're doing in the company as a whole and in the Asheville location in particular, which is where both of you are, about um, energy, water use, all the things that go into that because New Belgium's programs are so extensive. Sure. Well, um, I guess. So I would start by saying, describing it in the three key areas that we are focused on with sustainability. Um, the first one being climate change. So our goal there would be really working to prevent the catastrophic impacts of climate change. And so that starts, you know, of course, in our operations where uh, we're working towards carbon neutrality by 2050. Um, <clears throat> but we also realize that cutting carbon within the four walls of the brewery alone is not going to um, reverse the trend that we're headed towards. So we're also using our voice as a business to speak up, um, to advocate for responsible legislation and policies um, around climate, climate and, and energy. Um, mm. And then the second one would be um, land and water. We have a big focus on that. And I think that starts with us recognizing that, Beer is, um, first of all, 90 plus percent water. So that's a key ingredient for us. Um, and also we're very much an agricultural based product. If you think about all the barley um, and hops that go into making our product. So um, we need healthy watersheds and clean flowing rivers and healthy ecosystems to provide for those products. Um, and, and alone from, or aside from what those those things do for making, we just need those to be healthy as a, a global community as well. Um, and then the third one is social equity. And I think our focus um, here is, is really using our model as um, you know, 100% employee owned company to serve as an example for um, a way to address the wealth and opportunity gaps um, in our community. And so just, um, really trying to share that message and advocate for democratization of wealth. Mm. Well, yeah, thank you for that overview. I, I'm really curious about how employee ownership and sustainability work together. Are there challenges maintaining that focus? Do you hire for alignment with that environmental focus? How do you keep that going? Well, specific to your last point, you know, the, we have uh, several sustainability specialists 
Um, and it is, you know, clearly a, a department in our brewery. So that, you know, that sets the tone of how important that is. You know, we have a director of sustainability um, and someone working on policy and specialists. And so I think as um, with, when you have a company that is literally set up to be a business as a force for good, the good can mean a lot of things, you know, sustainability, treating employees well, having an impact that's greater than the product onto the community. And so I think the ethics of this place have really um, attracted people of similar mindset. Um, and some of that is environmentalism, uh, public land usage, whether you're a, a hiker or a snowmobiler or, you know, backcountry a skier or a hunter, you know, public lands is something that we all cherish and, you know, want to respect the land and be sustainable with that. And so to me, the, the employee ownership piece is not necessarily a, a, a fiscal guarantee. It isn't by any means, uh, but it really sets the tone of this place of um, no one gets to say that isn't my job, you know, and, and I think there's a shared value uh, and belief system within the company um, that aligns us all into to making the world a better place and uh, making great beer. <laughs> yeah, um, I was very struck by that employee ownership model that you have because it's becoming more common. I think uh, entrepreneurs are seeing it as a more viable exit strategy and it's uh, clearly it's worked for New Belgium and other companies. And I'm, I'm wondering how you both came to the roles that you have now and, and why New Belgium was attractive to you as an employer. <laughs> um, I, I came to New Belgium, um, I've only been here about three years, but I first got to know and love New Belgium, oh gosh, probably around 1999, 2000, hmm. when I moved out to Colorado and was a ski bum, and I was <laughs> went down to Fort Collins to visit my brother who was living there, and he took me um, to the brewery, and we took a tour and talked with some coworkers, and at that time, this was a brand new fresh story um the new belgium had helped invest in bringing wind power to the community of fort collins um and became the nation's first wind power brewery um and they these folks that i met working there at the brewery were telling the story and i um i was just blown away that here's a company um making beer having fun doing a lot of great things, but also doing something really wonderful for the environment and for the community. Um, so I was just blown away at that point and thought, wow, wouldn't that be a cool place to work? And then fast forward, I don't know, 16 years and I'm living in Asheville and then New Belgium announces that they are opening a brewery here in Asheville. And so I thought <laughs> I would really love to have an opportunity to work there. And here I am quite honored and grateful to be here. Mm, that's great. And you, Michael? Uh, you know, a little little different for me. I got in. Um, I got I got hired in two thousand and two, and um, I honestly didn't have that much to to add to the company other than wanting to have fun and drink beer. I think back then <laughs> I was I was cutting hiking trails for the county. I did that for uh, uh, hiking and mountain bike trails uh, for the county in Fort Collins, and it was a seasonal gig. And so every winter, you know, we, we stopped working and um, sometime in like February of 2002, I came in and was like, Hey, you guys hiring? And the guy behind the bar was like, yeah, totally packaging. I was like, and I filled out the application, you know, in pen at the bar that, that day and, you know, somehow talked my way into getting hired. And I remember a lot of the questions were like, you know, my, cause my a trail work is, it's a hard gig, you know? So like the hard work, mm -hmm. factor, I think that box was already checked, but it was like, so what do you do? You know, and it was kind of like, well, I'm playing in a couple bands. I ride my bike a little bit, blah, blah, blah. And it was more of a, of a test to see like culturally how everybody was going to get along and fit in. And somehow I said the right words and got in. I got a call like three days later and they're like, Hey, you want to work at a brewery? I'm like, great. I'll be right there to do the paper. <laughs> I remember calling my mother and saying, mom, I got a job. It's at a brewery. And there was this awkward pause. And I was like, and it comes with health insurance. She's like, oh, Michael, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so 
Um, but I started in packaging and had so much to learn. You know, mechanically, I am not savvy. And so I got to learn a lot of that stuff. And, and I bounced around in a, in a bunch of different departments and just got in at the time where, um, you know, you could go and try a few different things and bounce around departments and learn the business and stuff. And uh, I was really fortunate to, to be there for this long. And um, every day is an adventure. And I don't think I'm a master of any department, but I've been a part of almost almost each of them. So I can talk a little bit about each one. Well, that's perfect for my next question, which is uh, that Asheville is New Belgium's second location. The original was in Fort Collins, as you said. And in your experience and what from what you've observed and, and you also Sarah uh, what has shifted or what new opportunities presented themselves in building a second site because it's it's one thing to create something in one location but to essentially duplicate it not just from a manufacturing perspective but also from a culture perspective is a significant undertaking for a company yeah so what have you noticed about that yeah, there's a whole bunch of layers to that one for sure. I think one of the biggest like technical challenges was to make sure that, you know, our beers like Fat Tire taste exactly like they do coming from Fort Collins. And so to do that is a, is a small feat, you know, there's it's different altitude, different water, different brewing uh, equipment, um, all kinds of factors that, that um, present an opportunity for us to figure that out. And I, I can tell you that it took a shorter amount of time here in Asheville than we had initially planned. And so what we were doing is, you know, using the same recipe, making some fat tires, sending it back to Fort Collins for them to be tested on taste panel. And taste, taste panel was our sensory program. And at the time we didn't have enough people here in, in Asheville for us to have like a, a qualitative uh, data from, from sensory. So we had to send it back to Fort Collins. And after like the first or second try, the master testers of Fat Tire and Fort Collins couldn't tell the difference. And so that felt oh, wow. a giant win. Mm -hmm. um, and then just to speak of the employee ownership and, and culture stuff, um, New Belgium sent, uh, offered about 10 folks an opportunity to have these things called seed positions. And this seed position was literally designed to, you know, bring the culture that you've known from Fort Collins and planted here in Asheville. And I can tell you that, Looking back on that experience, um, I think I got more out of being here than I brought to here because mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was around a hundred people that we had just hired that had never been a part of New Belgium. And it really re-inspired, reinvigorated my New Belgium spirit. Um, because once you live in the bubble there for a while, you, you know, like everything, you kind of take it for granted until you start talking to people. And um, it, it really was a, a big shift in my momentum, uh, just, just being able to be a part of that program. And, you know, we get to, we get to have a lot of side conversations, uh, interdepartmental over beers about all kinds of things, you know. And so it, it really creates this, um, this family of employee owners, you know. It's not, just, it's not just an employee that works here. It's also their SO and their kids. And um, you just get to know people better when you spend time learning about them and you're mutually invested on in the success of a common purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, just, I'll add a couple of things there. I remember interviewing for um, this position and I sat there in this room with, I don't know, four or five new Belgium coworkers around this hiring panel. And my question to them when I had that opportunity to start asking was, how are you, how are you going to recreate the culture in Fort Collins here in Asheville? And the reply was, we don't intend to. Asheville hmm. doesn't have its own culture. And, and Michael described these C positions. And so they explained that to me. And I was just kind of, I was um, taken aback at first, but then realized, oh, that's wonderful. There's not this expectation of just replicating what we have at the Colorado Brewery, but um, honoring the opportunity for, this site here to have its own culture within New Belgium. So um, that's great. I you just yeah. reminded me that I, I remember talking to Jay when we first got here and I really wanted to talk about seat. I was picturing that we would have these committees and talk about any Jay's like, no man, like seat's been planted. You're here. Like, <laughs> like just, you know, and um, do your thing, and do your thing. And, and really it's, it says a lot about New Belgium. I think um, 
when, when you have conversations of like, we are not going to force the culture that is Fort Collins into Asheville. Asheville needs to have its own identity and like sure. very forward thinking. Uh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then to talk about something slightly different, um, I think before you, before you go on, Sarah, I just wanted to clarify the J that you mentioned, Michael, is Jay Richardson, the general manager of the, yeah. of the Asheville plant. So yeah, just for people listening. So sorry, Sarah, go ahead. Um, I was just going to add that um, one of the, the opportunities or challenges with our site is that one of the great things was we, we could take 20 plus years of experience in Colorado with this brewery that we've grown and added on to over the years and then apply that experience in building our Asheville brewery. So I think that that was really an exciting thing for all the engineers and designers that got to work on this site. Um, one of the challenges that came with that is that the property that we purchased here on the banks of the French Broad River is um, at least half the size of our Fort Collins acreage. We're, we have about 18 acres here, so much smaller um, site to work with. And so we have a much more compact um, brewery, which also lends itself to some efficiencies that naturally come with that. So we have less miles of pipe. We don't have to like you know, go across a parking lot to get beer from the actual cellar to the packaging line. So um, that that's kind of a double-edged sword, but really is has worked out really wonderfully here in Asheville. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear you both talk about how uh, there's a bit of a local culture as well as that of the larger company. And do you think Asheville's culture has influenced the larger company at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, we hired a hundred locals when we got here, you know, and that was all again intentional, uh, impacting the community as a business as a force for good. Um, but sure, I mean, Asheville's unique personalities certainly uh, add to New Belgium's um, whimsical nature for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Well, um, you, you, uh, we haven't touched on this yet, and, and I think something that's so unique about the site where you chose to, to purchase and build was a brownfield site. So can you tell us what that means and, and why New Belgium decided to locate there? Sure. <clears throat> well, to start the brownfield, is a site that has some level of contamination due to prior uses, typically commercial or industrial uses. And it was very intentional on New Belgium's part to um, purchase and develop a brownfield. That was actually one of our search criteria is a redevelopment kind of infill opportunity. Um, we were looking for a site that one is kind of, it's kind of like adopting the puppy at the shelter that nobody wants. You know? <laughs> Piece of land um, here in the heart of the community, and we have a chance to clean it up and put it back into productive use in Asheville. Um, this site has a long, long history of use, um, going back to oh gosh, nineteen teens. Correct me if I'm wrong on some of this history here, but. Um, there was a circus that would come through town and it was always operated here um, mm. on this property. Um, there was um, E.W. Pearson's Agricultural Fair and Jubilee, which happened on the site uh, for I don't know how many years. Um, starting in the 1940s, I believe, the Western North Carolina Livestock Market and Stockyard operated here. Um, Penland's Auction House, which has since moved to the eastern part of Buncombe County was in this property, um, I'm not forgetting the storage unit building, main auto parts, junkyard and auto salvage yard was here. I think, um, and also where the liquid center now sits was an old C&D or construction and demolition landfill. So um, a lot of the contamination that was present on the site had to do with that junkyard being here for decades and, and the landfill site. So a lot of it was just simply debris that had to be cleared out and removed. Um, we have a, a small stream that bisects the property on its way to the French Broad River, and that thing was essentially a ditch. Um, the water disappeared underground in many places. It was just kind of a cavern, just collapsing and eroding, falling into itself on both sides of the stream banks, and full of tires and bumpers and 
washing machines, probably you name it, it was in that creek. And so there was also um, combined with the restoration of the brownfield, um, also the stream restoration that happened is the redevelopment project. So, I mean, you've created a riparian habitat there. It's, it's, it was quite a polluted stream and you're, you're doing various things in terms of water purification or bioswales to clean, clean stormwater. Can you tell us more about more of the specifics around what, what you did to rejuvenate the site? Absolutely. I think, uh, just to kind of broadly say, I think as brewers, we have this intrinsic connection to water. And so taking good care of it and honoring that wherever we, we might encounter it is important at New Belgium. And so sitting here right on the sides of the river, um, we realize an opportunity and a responsibility to manage stormwater um, flowing from our property towards the river. So we worked with um, a really wonderful company in town, Equinox Environmental, and they helped design the entire site with stormwater in mind. And so we've got, you know, stormwater is one of those things that's often hidden underground, out of view. It's usually piped or, you know, shoved off into these giant retention ponds or b behind a chain link fence. And, and here we created, um, as you mentioned, these bioswales, which really bring that stormwater to the surface. And um, the bioswales are located, if you come to visit the site, they're in our parking areas, kind of in the middle there. And to break that word down, bio meaning living, so they're landscaped with all these lovely plants that are native and pollinator friendly. And then swale just essentially means a depressional area where that water is running off those hard surfaces, the parking areas, and gathering. And then um, flowing into this area that's got... Um, uh, a kind of a gravel material that helps filter out pollutants and then flowing on through a, a chain of these various stormwater elements before it eventually makes its way to the creek and then to the river. So um, the water is actually entering the French Broad River cleaner than when it entered our property through those mm. various elements. Wow. Well, and you've also, I mean, you also salvage wood from the site. Furniture and the, the bar and the liquid center are all made from from the, um, the wood that was salvaged. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, the, <laughs> one of the fun facts that I like to, to tell when I get to show people around, and, and I should back up, like when I get to show people around, I find myself using the word thoughtful more than I at any other time of my life. I mean, every, every consideration went into the space, and, and Sarah touched on it earlier, but Fort Collins turned out to be pretty patchwork of oh my gosh, we're opening another state, we need to expand the cellar, or we gotta, you know, we gotta build a lab, or we gotta build a new production facility. And so the success of New Belgium over the 28 years, you know, it's been um, tremendous. And so with that, had you know, had to keep up with the growth and make sure you could keep up with capacity and stuff. But Asheville was really built um, after learning all those experiences uh, of, you know, going through construction to get keep up with the capacity. So. Um, and then, and then I go back, going back to the thoughtfulness, you know, we saved 14 linear miles worth of wood that we got to use on our trim. The entire Eastern part of the production facility is all coated in it. We turned a lot of the old, um, old wood into furniture in our LCs and an LC stands for liquid center. Um, uh, beams from some of the warehouses turned into giant tables and, um, just really, a, clean, fresh look at something that a lot of people would just disregard and throw away. And so, you know, diversion rate was extremely important to the process. And, and, and just thinking about walking around beyond the wood, you know, like every tree and bush had a consideration to make sure that we were taking care of migratory birds, bees, and butterflies, you know, so every single detail um, including having an event space area that looked like a park that the entire neighborhood could enjoy um, is, is all the things that we, we, uh, we did. And um, it's, it's really it's a proud moment to get to show this place off. That's great. Well, and you also had an influence in the community of, of creating a greenway along the river and also collaborating with the city. They were, they've created widened 
access street and multimodal user street and a green street. I mean, it's it, it really inspired some unique work, and I think it's kind of expanding more in the area as well. So can you talk a little bit about that and, sure. and how that came about? Yeah, New Belgium uh, has a storied history with bicycle advocacy. Um, you know, we, we have this event called the Tour de Fat. It's a tra traveling bicycle carnival, um, and it is a big philanthropic fundraiser for a lot of uh, bicycle nonprofits across the country. And basically, we have tried to make the, you know, remind people how fun the bicycle is. So there's a bicycle parade. There's uh, usually music. There's an art bike pit that you get to ride. It's very family friendly, lots of costumes. And so that's sort of the tip of the iceberg as far as um, of the bicycle advocacy we have done. We came from Fort Collins and in Fort Collins it's really unique because it's all the streets are laid out in a grid and the streets are really wide, which offers a lot of, and, and, and maybe the biggest factor is Fort Collins is pancake flat. You know, if you've hit a, a, a hill in Fort Collins, you've gone west. Maybe out of town. <laughs> all of those and, things have really made Fort Collins a platinum level bicycle friendly city. Um, and so from that experience, we have attracted a lot of people who ride or walk uh, to work. And so that was a big criteria for New Belgium was to make sure that employees who ch choose to uh, commute via those methods would feel safe doing so. Um, and then a lot of research in the bicycle advocacy realm is that greenways are really the gateway to get people back on bicycles because they're protected, they're safe, you can bring your kids on them. And then I think that's where the confidence grows on, on a greenway. If you use it a lot, that you're more likely to start doing smaller commuting trips by bicycle on, on streets because you have your confidence levels back up. So we worked with the city uh, and an easement on the property to, to have a greenway uh, go north to south through our 18 acres. And the exciting news over the last couple of years uh, is that the connectivity is about to really come to shape coming this fall. Mm -hmm. um, four plus miles of paved uh, greenway down on the river and uh, even I think two on the opposite side of our river so it's gonna be a really great network um, and Asheville for those of you listening who haven't been here you know I, I, I think it's kind of like riding bikes in San Francisco it's a really <laughs> it's a challenge to translate that flat country bike culture to a, a place as hilly as this for sure for sure and you know I think a lot of people are familiar with our cruiser bikes you know, after a year of service, you get a new Belgium cruiser bike uh, as an employee uh, to encourage you to ride your bike to work. But those were always made, you know, from people using them in Fort Collins. So a 40-pound single-speed beach cruiser, um, you might be able to get it to work because we're downhill, but you're, it's going to be really hard to get from work. So <laughs> we've all worked out with a couple geared versions. And um, I think Asheville on Bikes is a nonprofit that we work with really closely here on a, on a variety of things. And they really are the experts in this town and have really transformed the town in even my three and a half years of being here. Mm. Yeah, I, I often see people huffing and puffing up hills, so there's definitely a bike culture here for sure. And uh, to be able to adapt to that and, and set the stage for it is great. How, how is it that um, you've found that, that bike program to be valuable. I mean, there's the health benefits and you're kind of seeing people biking more um, and it's a great gift from the company. Are there, is that pretty much summarize the, the, the benefits or do you see others too? Yeah, I think you're close. I think really some background story here of how we got to where we're at is, is probably a good context. You know, our co-founder was riding his bike through Europe when he had the uh, chance to get to Belgium and have this epiphany moment of like, oh, I want to bring Belgian style beers to the United States. And, and for those of you who uh, enjoy beer, you know, Belgium uh, for beer is like wine for France. Um, you, 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 there's all kinds of wonderful creative things that you can do in Belgium that have come out of Belgium. And it's just uh, provides a lot of landscape for some creativity in, in, as far as the beer. But this bike ride, you know, um, our co-founder gets back to Fort Collins um, and he, he talks to his neighbor about the trip and she is an artist and she happens to be the one who paints the first 
label a fat tire and she put a cruiser bike on it. And so <laughs> I think all of that's super important because this wasn't like a boardroom decision from a marketing team. Like this was a general, a general and, and intentional um, symbol of a trip that changed, ended up changing all, all of our lives, you know, and to, to me, there's no more iconic uh, symbol of sustainability than the bicycle. And, and, you know, we like to remember that, you know, the bike is, is fun. It makes you feel like a kid when you be, be able to get out outside and get away from your folks a little further than walk in and play in the creek and come home when it starts getting dark and all that good stuff. Um, but of course, yeah, the health, health benefits are, are great. Um, I think beyond the physical health benefits, there's something about coming to work after you've gone for a bike ride to it that sets the tone in your head a little differently than being crammed in a little car in traffic. And, mm -hmm. and I think that um, kind of reminds you of being a kid and smiling. And uh, we, want to we want people to come into work smiling. That's yeah. great. Well, and you've got, I mean, it's a unique kind of program that says a lot about the culture at New Belgium, the, the fun aspect and the environmental focus as well. Is there, uh, I, I know that you're, uh, because of the employee ownership, you have an internal committee of democratically elected team of employees called the Posse. So yeah. tell me, tell us about that and uh, you know, is that the place to send your suggestions about ideas like the bike program or is there, are there other ways of doing, of making change at the company? Yeah, great. I'll touch on that one yeah, too real quick. Uh, Posse is, uh, is ESOP loosely spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and Posse, the idea of Posse was to have um, a way of, you know, internally talking about things that are going on without getting, you know, 700 people emailing on a certain subject. And I think that the idea was to elect a handful of people, both in, in the field, in sales, both in Fort Collins and in Asheville, and to, you know, form a committee. And uh, these folks are democratically elected. They write speeches on our internal uh, communication forum called the MotherNet. And um, we all get to vote. And, and they serve two years um, and they have monthly meetings talking about uh, a variety of subjects, you know, whatever is really going on and they get to present in our all staff meetings. And so, um, we, we f frequently have all staff staff, staff meetings and we talk about open book management here in a little bit. Um, but really making sure that every employee has the, um, ability to find out an answer or some background of whatever's going on in the, in the company. And so, the idea with Posse was to elect these folks and have them represent at all three of those sites for Collins, Asheville, in, in the field. And, and one thing that I think Posse is probably best known for is the sabbatical program. So uh, years ago, uh, we were tasked, Posse was tasked at um, finding out how to make a sabbatical happen. And it took an unbelievable amount of research because there are a lot of people who do sabbatical programs, but they all do it a little differently. Um, so Tim Jordan, our founder, and um, she, she really did want to want to figure out how, how to do this program. She came to Posse and uh, we did a bunch of research and we ended up uh, suggesting that folks at their 10 year anniversary get four weeks paid off with the ability to add two more additional weeks via PTO or paid time off. So that's just tip of the iceberg of what Posse gets to do. That was a fun project, but they also host the ownership uh, ceremonies. And that after a year, you get into the ESOP program. And during the retreats, uh, you get to get up in front of all of your coworkers and, and do a speech on, on why employee ownership is important to you. They coordinate all of that stuff. And so they're really the, the cultural um, event and sounding board uh, for all of us. Sarah, do you have some things to add? <laughs> no, I think that sums it up well. I've not been part of Posse, but um, I, I think there it's a great, I don't know, interesting cultural piece of New Belgium. They're kind of part of the cultural keepers here. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was a good summary. And cross 
departments. Yeah, yeah. You would be a fine posse count. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put your name in the hat. I, I see a shift coming up there for you, Sarah. <laughs> well, um, Michael, you referred to open book management, and uh, it's something that pops up for my my clients where there's a a kind of nervousness and fear around that, not around the the actual visibility aspect, but just how is that going to be received and do people have enough business financial literacy to be able to take that information and put it into context? And wondered about both your experiences in how that process is for you when you're seeing the normal fluctuations that happen in a business in that, in that uh, sharing of information financially. Yeah, I, thanks. I think the open book management, one couple caveats to that is there's two things that we don't talk about internally, and that's each other's salaries. And the other thing is how much your ESOP is worth. So yeah. depending on your tenure and your role and all kinds of different um, things that go into that, those can fluctuate dramatically from somebody who's been here a minute and somebody who's been here a long time. And so those, those are the things that we don't talk about internally. I think that that gets away from the, um, the, the, I don't know, competitive isn't the right word, but the, um, the internal, you know, this person, I can't believe this person makes more money than me kind of an attitude, uh, which is toxic. And so, but everything else is there. And so if you want to know, you know, how we did last month in sales, I mean, that's some of the stuff we literally go over in our all staff meetings. Um, but I think it, it, levels it, it heightens the sense of fiscal responsibility when you know what you're doing affects the bottom line of our company you know like one of the examples that i like to talk about is like if you're on the road like and you're in the company's paying you to be on the road do you do you really need a piece of dessert at dinner like come on you know i know that's a very small thing comparatively but it just sets the tone of like would you be doing this if this was all of your money and <laughs> And, and if that, and, or maybe it even heightens it of like, I know this is all of my friend's money and my company's money. I'm not going to be super liberal with it when I'm on the road. Um, but, but in learning all of the, uh, the business, the business 101 was super valuable for me. Like I didn't have any of that training. You know, I could barely balance a checkbook back when I started this place. And um, I've come up a little further. I'm not writing any more checks. I guess that's the biggest thing. <laughs> But no, I, I, I think it has taught a lot of people who weren't necessarily savvy in, the, in that subject matter uh, on how to bring it home and, and affect their personal lives as well. I would also add, um, we have a, a weekly meeting called The Huddle, and this is a group of folks that are, um, we, I guess, maybe owners of certain line items. So they get together and um, are forecasting what the coming week is going to cost, you know, whether it's brewing or in packaging or waste management, what have you. And so I think the great thing that comes out of that is a lot of collaboration. So for example, if, um, you know, we're sitting in there and I'm going to make something up, we have to rebuild a piece of equipment during this month and that's going to cost us, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars, then maybe there are some purchases or um, maintenance work that, another department is considering, but they can put off another month knowing that this, you know, this other thing is happening. It's really just a lot of sharing of information. Um, it's, it's really a great, great experience and a great group. Mm. Well, it gives everybody that broader perspective so you can make those choices without always having to be put in the position of advocating for your silo, for your small area. Absolutely. And then we also have coworkers that show up for that meeting that um, have nothing to report, but are just sitting in to listen and understand um, where expenses are happening, where, you know, budget money is going. It's just, it's an opportunity for, for education, financial mm -hmm. education. Yeah. Well, um, my, my last question before we get to the rapid round is really around where, where do you see opportunities for the company in terms of sustainability in all its forms moving forward? Are there particular things that you're working on moving toward that you can share a little bit about? 
think, yeah, certainly I'll, I'll take a first stab at that. I think um, our environmental metrics, you know, we've set some goals around those and we're still working towards them. For example, we have this goal of um, hitting a 3.5 to 1 water use ratio by 2020, and we are making great progress here in Asheville on that, thanks to um, an interdepartmental effort on various things from optimizing our cleaning to, um, you know, recovering and reusing water at various points in the process. Um, similar thing for energy and as well as, you know, waste reduction. So um, we always, I think one, one of our core values and beliefs is um, constant efficiency improvements. And so that's something that I think that we just take to heart and are always looking for, you know, you can't ever stop improving. So there's always going to be those opportunities. Um, Likewise, I think we also realize that, you know, we're not in this alone when it comes to um, improving the world. And so really joining our voice with others um, that are also striving to be a force for good, whether that's on advocating for policy or partnering on protecting public lands. Um, there's <laughs> sadly a lot of opportunity to make improvements there. So um those are just a couple examples that come to my mind. Yeah, one project that I always like talking about is the process water treatment plant. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. in Fort Collins, um, paint the little history picture. So in Fort Collins, back Sarah was saying that we have, you know, 40 acres there. So we've got a little bit more space. We have these anaerobic digesters. I won't drag you into the weeds of this, but um, basically we can capture methane and run a generator that powers the brewery eight hours a day off of our own process brewing waste. Hmm. is incredible in Fort Collins and, and the technology has advanced here in Fort in Asheville and we don't have the acreage, but we're on phase two of a three phase project where um, basically we're going to be able to convert methane into natural gas and be able to pu uh, pump the natural gas back into the, the pipeline. Hmm. So in any event, in, in any time and space in this, in this building where we're creating energy from the brewing process We've had um, employees figure out how to harness that energy and to, to save, save us uh, time, energy, and space down the line. So, you know, another, another example is off the brew kettle, we're collecting steam that is actually warming up the water that's coming into the building to go into the mash tub. And so it's just a, it's a whole process of uh, energy efficiency all the way down the line. Hmm. Yeah, it's exciting hearing about the things that you're doing and, and new stuff always on the horizon. So that's great. Thanks. Well, the, the, uh, the rapid round is a series of three questions about impact. So are you, are you both game? Yes. I said, sure. it, I said it as rapidly <laughs> as I could. <laughs> <laughs> so first is what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? Oh, gosh. Um, I think... Having it in our purpose statement to me is a big deal. Um, just it's it's right there in New Belgium's purchase. Um, crafting our customers' favorite brands and proving that business can be a force for good. So when you start with it right there at the very top, um, and then you have a whole series of core values and beliefs that um, I'm not going to go through all all of them, but being environmental stewards, honoring as we say Mother Nature at every turn in the business. And also kindling social, environmental, and cultural change as a business role model. Um, I think when you have all of those right there um, on the company MotherNet, yeah. um, and our where each of us makes we craft our own personal work objectives (PWOs), and all of each of those aligns back to the core value and belief and to our our purpose statement. Um, I think that really helps each person within the business um, make a positive impact. That's great. What you didn't see, uh, I, even though I was the first one to say yes about impact, I pointed to Sarah right away for her to answer <laughs> first. So. <laughs> well, Michael, what, what's the biggest thing you've learned about having impact? You know, I, I, I really like remembering that this place is set up as a, as a business, as a force for good. And I truly believe that our impact in our community uh, our neighborhood, our country um, is positive and it's, it's leaving our, our time and space here better than, better than if it didn't exist. And that brings me a lot of pride for sure. 
Um, and that's, that's just the environmental side of things, you know, like the, the impact in, in craft beer world that new Belgium has had is dare I say historical. I mean, it, it's, um, Right now, there are more craft breweries than ever in the country. But back in the day, you know, Fat Tire was the beer that was kind of the gateway beer to more choices and more um, different kinds of varieties and more flavors. And just um, impact historically is, is phenomenal. And impact on our earth is hopefully legendary. Mm. That's great. Well, the second question is, what's the one thing that you've consistently done that's contributed to your success and impact the most? And Sarah, do you want to go first? Sure. I think as I was kind of rethinking what else I could have said in my first response, um, something that really comes to mind, you know, when Asheville, you know, when New Belgium was building this place was just how, to use Michael's word, thoughtful and intentional it was in integrating with the community. Um, so for example, I mean, we were just smack dab in the middle of town, kind of sandwiched between the River Arts District and West Asheville. And instead of just, you know, coming in and building this brewery, we, we really started this conversation with the community through a series of meetings um, that was called at the time and still is Leadership Roundtable. And so it was a forum to listen to our neighbors and the businesses around us um, and hear their concerns about this company coming to town from Colorado and also to get to know them and to hear their concerns um, and to give them a kind of an update of, you know, here's our timeline. This month we're going to be, you know, driving piles. There's going to be some noise associated with it and some dust, but we're sorry about that, but we want you to know and have a heads up. Um, I think we, in the process, um, changed a few things about our design. We heard some some concern over truck traffic, and we actually made the decision based on that to lease smaller trucks so we could take a different route and not go straight through West Asheville down Haywood Road every single trip back and forth to our distribution center. We also, in that process, got to know a lot of um, the businesses and arts and crafts people that are our neighbors in the River Arts District and forged these great relationships and um, were able to incorporate a lot of their work into the brewery. So, for example, some of those tables and chairs that were made out of reclaimed wood and metal that came from the site were literally made by the guy across the river from us. So um, I think that's one of the, the great things that has happened out of the construction of, of the Asheville site is all these great partnerships and community that we've built with, with our neighbor and with Asheville. Great. Michael? I a hundred percent concur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, one, one great project that we're just uh, getting finished with that, that I would like to share is uh, it's our second year. Um, and we've partnered with a whole bunch of Western North Carolina environmentally focused nonprofits and in and around Earth Month. You know, Earth Day is the day that you uh, you celebrate the Earth, but we decided that wasn't nearly long enough, and um, Earth Day should be probably every day, but uh, at least a month long. And so we got all these environmentally focused nonprofits in a room together and realized as a, as a, a person that was coming from out of town, it was really difficult for me to uh, navigate how to volunteer in the community. I really like, like to volunteer, um, on behalf of New Belgium and myself. Um, but I had a hard time kind of navigating where to do that and how to do that and realized that there was a lot of folks that were volunteering for a lot of different organizations. And so the idea was to come together and share a community calendar, um, throughout the month of April where any person who is affiliated with your nonprofit or not could pick up from a variety of uh, things to do on a particular day. And I think that is a really good example of uh, New Belgium being a part of the community and helping kind of organize and look at it from a, from an outside perspective versus an internal nonprofit perspective. Um, we just had different eyes on it and, and got to bring the community even closer and tighter together. And I'd like to think that those nonprofits now even know each other 
better on a personal level. And, you know, a lot of them share are sharing wonderful uh, and similar missions. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would, I would, I wish we would had done that the first year, I guess is one thing I would have learned, but we got to do it the second year. Yeah, that's great. Well, the last question, and I'll, I'll ask you to put this into one sentence, is what's one insight or piece of advice you'd share with somebody who's saying, I want to have more impact? What one thing would you say to them? Do it. <laughs> uh, one, one, I think it's, it's not going to be one sentence because I I talk a lot, but I think that there are things that roll up to really big things, meaning the simplest sharing someone's birthday or anniversary of the company and spending the five minutes it takes to shoot emails to each person or at least going to see them or you see them in the hallway and say something about it, sets the tone of of your, your workplace and your community more than you would think. Absolutely. Yeah. Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to add? Uh, no pressure. Just no, it's ask. hard to be put on the spot. But I think <laughs> I'm, I'm tour de fat and that little discussion about the bicycle and how important that is. And I think that sums up New Belgium's approach to sustainability. You know, when you think about the bicycle, and this is, by the way, obviously not one sentence, but um, well, maybe I can boil it down to one sentence. Um, if it's, it's not sustainable unless it's fun. Um, so, you know, if you think about things like climate change, it can get very heavy, very scary, and very depressing very fast. And you can turn a lot of people off from the conversation or from even thinking that they can do anything about it. But if you engage in a way like the bicycle, here's a viable carbon-free form of transportation transportation happens to be fun and healthy at the same time. Um, If you keep people engaged in that way, then you start um, cultivating hope and inspiration. And that's one small step to to moving forward. So I think that maybe just sums up how we go about it. Yeah, it's really well said. Well, thank you both for what you've shared today about your own experiences with New Belgium and the, the programs that you're involved with. Um, I think it's a, a really a company that's a really powerful model for other companies and uh, really appreciate what you're doing um, in the community. So thank you both for sharing what you have today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for those kind words. And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Well, one thing that we would love to share is that uh, we do free 90-minute tours at New Belgium. So um, and it comes with some beer if you're 21. So that, that's a bonus. Um, <laughs> you can get those tours online, newbelgium.com. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, as far as our, our personal, personal contact, uh, we'd be happy to um, share that um, via email for sure. Great. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you both for the work you're doing in the world. Back at you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Join us for more episodes. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll know as soon as new episodes are available. You can even help spread the word. Leave a review if you like what you've heard. Thanks for listening. Until next time, for ongoing support so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by liking the Work Alchemy Facebook page.